need an Advil, maybe a second chance. Hey! Welcome to Stargate Second Chances, a walking through the Stargate podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this is episode 12, where we'll be talking about the season four episode, The Light. The Light! The Light! We have seen it! It's there! Uh, I want to give a special thank you to all of the Patreon supporters that we had. Yes. Uh, I know that this has been a long time coming and a delay uh, from our end to get this to you. Uh, But we do appreciate all of the support that you have given us over the last several years. if you want, yeah, go to absolutely. buy me a coffee and support us there. Yep. Um, and uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks everybody. That's it's 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 a privilege to have people that like what we do so much that they're willing to throw cash at us. That's very nice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Brent. Yeah. Let's start talking about the light. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just a couple of quick thing reminders. This episode was writ- was directed by Peter West. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard his name several times over uh, the years. Um, the teleplay was by James Phillips, mm-hmm. and that's a name that I don't remember hearing very often, so this is right. one of just a handful, if only one of one. I didn't right. look that up. Uh, the original air date for The Light was January 26, 2001. Uh, we reviewed this episode on July 12, 2020. Yeah. So this is, I was just thinking about that. We, we When we reviewed this episode, we were just at the infancy of... Like the ramifications of the pandemic. Yes, I'm yeah. trying to figure out what that meant, how that worked, and all of that stuff. Yeah, almost um, three years ago now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <Been> a bit. Oh. <laughs> um, and now the original i the IMDb rating for uh the light is six point nine. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, so that's what we have for the, real quick there. And you're going to give me a brief synopsis of this episode. Yeah, sure. So, right, The Light. This is the one where uh, Brent's was probably an insensitive jerk and didn't actually get the point of the episode when we first watched it. <laughs> <laughs> this, to be fair, you weren't the only one who missed yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's all. Yeah, this is true. Uh, we, got, uh, we got the episode opening with a member of SG5 running into the Kawoosh, uh because he has a terribly uh depressive episode uh and daniel getting dangerously close to the same fate uh after having you know exhibited some very intense emotions just before and uh sg1 is sent to investigate the big mystery with it and so um i wrote the kid's name down it's lauren or is it laurel i can't remember it's lauren i think it's l-o-r-e-n got it so i spelt it wrong but whatever so we meet lauren Yep. After uh, uh, becoming absolutely infatuated with this light source that seems to like transfix our heroes. And uh, after O'Neill returns to Earth and begins to go down the same dangerous road as Daniel and SG-5, we uh, hurriedly return to the mystery planet with a technically dead Daniel in tow. Uh, But once there, uh, SG-1, they're able to get back to kind of like, you know, normal such that it is. Uh, things are getting bad as half the team spend a huge amount of time transfixed while Daniel gets supplies and does some translating. And once Daniel gets the light turned off, they realize that the addicting effects must be coming from something else. And they try to figure out what that out, what that is, what that is. But um, Lauren is not really helpful with that. And Jack gets frustrated. So they go on a walkabout to figure out what happened to Lauren's parents. So as they're on their walkabout, Sam and Jack get into a withdrawal fueled argument before discovering the graves of two people who presumably are Lauren's parents. And then when they're back at the temple, first, they start feeling all fine again, which is bad. Second, O'Neill firmly convinces Lauren to actually reveal the source of the addictive properties. 
And then third, O'Neill has a chat with Lauren about what happened. And in a heartbreaking recollection, Lauren recounts how at first he did what he was asked, even though his parents did nothing but stay in the light room. And then he tried to break them free the only way he knew how, through hunger. And once they were out of the room, Lauren attempted to free his parents from their addiction by removing the source of the problem, but that only sent them spiraling into depression and they walked out into the sea. And yeah, so Lauren then found them the next day and buried their bodies, believing that his actions had killed them. Then the episode wraps up. Like, thankfully, Sam, Daniel, and Teal are able to figure out how to incrementally reduce the effects of the radiation-emitting element that causes the addiction aspect that allows the team to return home in a few weeks after some nice rest in a lovely temple by the beach. There we go. Our heroes And, go of home. course, the episode begins with a conversation of taking some vacation time. Yes, that's right. Um, so, yeah. So, book ends with that, and then with some ice cream as well. So, the end. Well, Brent... Thank you yeah. very much for the synopsis. Yeah. Uh, you've watched this episode now a second time. Um, what did you think after this second viewing? Well, so throughout this entire episode, I was thinking about how I think it was Ed who wrote us and said that um, when he watched this episode, he was viewing it from the point of view of the child um, uh, losing his parents to addiction. And that really sombered me up pretty fast. Uh, so watching it this time, it was ex- it was exclusively through that lens. Uh, I suspect last time we might I might have been a little bit harsh on the actor who was playing Laurel, uh, Lauren, um, because the guy, you know, he clearly looked like he was in his early 20s um, and he's trying to play probably a teenager. But I think that the actual uh, the, the character, the role probably should have been for somebody who's like more like 10 or something, right? Because there was just kind of ways about which it was he was acting or describing the situation or or the thought processes that seemed to make more sense for a younger child than a than an older child. But um, I let a lot of that just go this time. I let I was just watching the story from a child's point of view, and I was choosing to assume that Lauren was younger than what he looked like on screen. And when I was doing that, the story still kind of had a little bit of a hitch and a get up into it. Um, it wasn't bad, but uh. And it flowed, but um, the the payoff at the end, that really emotional scene where Lauren is recounting what actually happened, mm-hmm. is way too close to the actual end of the episode. Um, like, there was like two minutes between him, like, actually talking about the, 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 the punch of the, of his experience, and us making a joke about ice cream and going home. You know, like, it was, it was, it was really quick, really quick. But... So many more of these scenes, I thought, were starting to not make sense, but more just they carried more emotional weight. And uh, I, I can't I, I can't think of a different way to say it other than I was just more somber this time watching it through. Like it was much mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. it was much more weighty. It was much more meaningful. Um, the whole like argument on the beach between Sam and Jack, uh, you know, that like that was like a quasi parent situation arguing right there. Sort of, you know, Laura, Laura, Lauren wasn't there to see it. And, um, you know, that's taking the Sam Jack relationship beyond where it had gone to that point, even though in that time of the series, Sam and Jack being a thing was kind of vaguely, you know, hinted around. No, I'm sorry, not hinted, but you know what I'm saying? Like uh, the, the, the tension was there. And right. so that was a major element of the story at this time. So, you know, like it made sense why they would choose to have it that way. Um, but, 
now all of a sudden that becomes, you know, much more fraught. It's not two people squabbling because they have withdrawal uh, symptoms. It's it's quasi parents irrationally arguing with each other like heatedly and how how that how upsetting that must be to a child when that's when that's happening for no good reason. Like, you know, and then you get back to the emotional payout where where Lauren just wants his parents back. And so he does what he thinks he can do with it. He tries to get them away. Uh, and when he gets them away, he tries to throw it all away, throw, throw the source of the problem away. And when he does that, because that's, that's clearly what's going to happen, right? It's all going to go back to normal. Of course it doesn't. Um, bodies are bodies and brains are just a part of our body and bad things happened. And that's really crushing. So, um, this rewatch, I think was buoyed by that, that reading that, was given to me about how this might be less a story about addiction and don't do drugs kids and more about a story of what it's like to be a child in the midst of people who are addicted to stuff. And so I very much enjoyed this episode. Um, but I know it was because of that, that interpretation. Uh, it, it, it's not quite because of the episode. I think that once I started having an eye for it, I was seeing an awful lot about how this episode kind of fits with that jam- with that with that vibe, but it's difficult to get I think it's difficult to get a viewer's perspective out of the heroes when it has been in the heroes this whole time without doing something a bit more drastic. Like if our vision was supposed to be in the eyes of the of of Lauren and the child, then we needed something this we needed the setup to be different. You know, maybe we needed the episode to open with uh, with Lauren, you know, imagine this episode mm-hmm. opens with mm-hmm. him alone, but just kind of going about his day. Cause clearly he's found a way to make this thing normal somehow. And we're looking at this, like, this is not normal, you know, maybe do some like castaway type things where like, there's no dialogue. It's just him. They did something similar with Jack and, uh, Mayborn in that one episode, Mayborn's last episode. Oh yeah. Wh- uh, right where there's paradise lost i think yeah where there was a ton of time where there wasn't really any dialogue which but it worked great so you know try doing something like that and then have our heroes walk in but keep the focus fixed on lauren and then we would be seeing the situation through his eyes then we would be seeing these people who we know are heroes and are really good people becoming transfixed maybe have some flashbacks to see his parents you know do something keep keep our vision through his eyes and mm-hmm. I think that, that 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 impact would be better felt versus how it was told. And then, therefore, when I first watched it, I was my eyes were through our heroes and it felt like a story of don't do drugs. And then it took somebody else saying, actually, look at it through Laurel's, Lauren's point of view. And then it makes more sense. So I appreciated that a ton. And so, yeah, I, I ended up really enjoying this one. But for that reason. So there we go. That's kind of how I felt about it. What about you? How about this? How about this rewatch? Yeah, um, it, a lot of the same things. Um, just because of where I am today or yesterday when I was watching the episode, um, I, I, I had to watch it when I watched it and my brain was not fully able to be in that moment, Sure, which is just kind of the way it is sometimes. Um, but, uh, one of the things, some of the things that I noticed is that, um, the, the, the human connection between Jack and various people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in particular, uh, with him and Daniel, you know, Daniel is, um, on these, this, you know, he's coming down from this high 
and he's on his ledge and he's considering jumping off and, and he's not there. And, and Jack has to be in that moment and uh, engage him and, you know, with a singular goal of getting him off that ledge. Right. Um, but, but he has to do this in a way that, that doesn't scare Daniel off the ledge. Right. Um, and you see that kind of uh, interplay there, which I thought was really well written mm-hmm. and well acted. Um, there are a couple of times where I'm watching uh, Jack and I'm like, oh, that's not quite what you should have said there. Um, but it totally makes sense that you would have said something like that there. Right. Um, but that's okay because you pivoted and, and then you get that moment where in, of, of uh, a brief moment of lucidity in, in Daniel. And he's like, wait, Jack, are you there? And then, you know, you get that bond. That was a great scene. I loved that scene. It was not pleasant to watch. Right. Um, because, you know, it was uh, fraught with danger. Um, even, and this is this is a moment that I really appreciated it. Because, like, like, in the back of my head, yeah, I'm like, sure, okay. I know that these are our heroes and he's not actually going to jump and blah, 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 blah. But in that moment, um, the tension was real that, that he could have. That right. he may have, um, and and we had to get through that process to get through that, um, and I thought that was really well done. And you see some of that same type of thing as Jack then has to confront Lauren on his trauma, on right. his um, experiences. You know, he's he's telling himself a different story with his parents. They're still alive. They're coming back. Right, um, and that's of course hiding a deeper trauma of I killed my parents right. and I'm the cause of their death. Um, and, and Jack is able to um, break into that in a way to make a connection, uh, make a relational connection uh, that um, is honest. I think yeah. it, it mm-hmm. felt honest to me, um, you know, to just sit there and, let him tell his story and give him the space to tell him story and and break through uh you know there there was some force there but there was also empathy there in mm-hmm. jack as he's getting he's he's opening the doors um for lauren to uh share his story um and i thought that was really well done uh those are elements that i did not appreciate uh on previous watchings of this episode Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and then of course, looking at this from, uh, from Lauren's perspective, I think you're right that if we were supposed to see this from Lauren's perspective, uh, we would have needed to be with Lauren better, you know, and, yeah. and, and focus that, um, I think ultimately we were from Jack's perspective, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, just seeing him engage these different situations, um, I see it. I saw it in a different light. Mm-hmm. That wasn't an intended pun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it worked. It but worked. I understand what you mean. Um, you know, but then and then now I'm going to shift gears and look at this from Lauren's perspective. Yeah, and um, you know the 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 trauma that he's dealing with there, um, the loneliness. Yeah. Um, you know, he he's a kid that that should not have had to figure out how to live. Right. And we don't, we aren't shown the nuts and bolts. We, we're the story suggests that he's been there for several years, mm-hmm. um, and and there's a food issue there, and we're not yeah. shown how that manages. Um, 
And on some level, that feels a little incredulous. Um, but then again, if I'm taking this into a metaphor of kids with parents who are dealing with trauma themselves and addiction, the reality is that you do have, we do have young people in our yeah. world today right. who are way too young to be dealing with this and figuring out with the dealings of their parents who are unable to, to do whatever they need, um, finding food, mm -hmm. um, and, and then having to try to, to navigate that. Um, so it, I can take myself out of some of the nuts and bolts and put myself into that place and just look at it from that angle. Um, and that's, that's a heartbreaking and, and, and ugly place to have to look at things. Mm -hmm. But it's a real place. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and then you've got this, this Lauren who, who, wants, who wants to be a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah. But has to be an adult. Yep. And you see that with Teal'c, right? He, they're, they're playing with that toy gun. Uh, and, and, you know, the happy birthdays, you know, when your birthday's coming up. Well, here, you take the gun because... You know, I mean, you get this 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 this, this person who, who just wants to to play, wants to be a kid, wants to right. to go back to that place where where uh, as a general rule, we in our society say we want our kids to be able to be in that place. We mm -hmm. don't want our kids to have to deal with uh, the trauma and the the realities of of the challenges of adult life, living. Um, right. But we also too often throw our children into that boat. Yeah. Um, and and you see that, and then and then with with Jack, he hangs on to Jack like Jack's his new dad, right? Um, and and this is where I think Jack's you know uh, ability, uh, you know, Jack often is you know just rags on his own abilities, but 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 he knows how to be an empathetic father. Yeah. Um, and and it's not it's not a soft father, right? Because he'll right. he'll yell, he'll. He'll, he'll, you know, put that jab in there, but, but it's also in a way to, to, to break through some stuff and to make that connection in, in the, the soft fleshy part of, of our emotions. Yeah. Um, there is a lot more goodness in this episode than, than I have ever seen. Oh yeah. No, um, I mean, and it took that, it took that alternate viewpoint. Yeah. Right. Like, like that's, you know. To get on a version of a soapbox before you know a little bit, you know it, that's that's that that's what it takes. Sometimes it takes somebody coming in and saying, uh, "I have a different way of looking at this, and here it is." And you know, if you don't if you don't create space for that viewpoint to be vocalized, then you'll never get the opportunity to have a reconnection with something like this. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember exactly what I was saying when we first watched this episode, but I do remember that I thought it was a bit of a tired you know, drug-based trope that uh, we'd seen a million times and here was another version of it. And it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So instead of it being some kind of, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a narcotic or some other kind of substance, it's, you know, it's technology of a kind. Yeah. Well, let me, let me, uh, let me uh, bring up your thoughts at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so your good thoughts is that the visuals were lighting, the, the lighting, the VFX. Oh, yeah, that was really know, good. That was all amazing. Um, watching the actors play the characters, uh, the yep. emotion, including, uh, and the connection to Lauren and all of that stuff, the things that you liked. Um, and as you said, you know, you can't get, uh, far on just looking good. 
Right. Uh, you questioned who is this for? Uh, mm. you, it was you know with the the angle that you're looking at before you were having a hard time suspending your disbelief on various things. Um, yeah. Uh, so that you couldn't enjoy the episode. Um, you 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 remarked that it wrapped up too fast and you didn't yep. care because you know there it is. Yep. Um, and I think you're right. It does wrap up quickly. Um, but it's remarkable how um, you know, and this this is something that that is is valuable about life is that we, you know, I mean, the fancy word is confirmation bias. Yes. Right. I look at everything from my perspective, and I will turn everything that I have, uh, anything that you bring into me, I will shift it so I can see it from my confirmation bias, either pro, pro or con. And if it doesn't fit, I'll throw it out. Right. Um. But when we as humans can uh, can open ourselves up enough to see something come in from a different angle and break apart our confirmation bias, we see things from a different direction and it has transformative effects. Yeah. Um, some of my comments were, it's not a really good episode. Right. Uh, decent acting, great visuals, but not a great story. Um, and, you know, I, I can definitely see where I was coming from there. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I, I disagree with my old self. I, I still think that, um, I, I suspect that our new interpretation on it, what's that thing in art? Uh, golly, specifically around like literature or film or television shows, I guess, as it happens where like, you know, when you, when a person looks at it through blah, blah perspective, right. Um, oh gosh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Some kind of like, analysis type thing that i'm guessing i'm thinking of comparative analysis maybe um okay but the point is that like you know you you take you take a thing you take a work of art and even the artist intended for it to be observed or enjoyed with like x in mind and then somebody comes in and says yeah but what if you look at it for the viewpoint of y mm. and even the artist is like oh i had never really thought of that and it works and you know now now it looks completely different it's I, i'm reminded of how like um I've seen like reworks of uh, like clips from The Shining put into like comedic music and kind of a, with a comedic timing, and these very sinister scenes suddenly become lighthearted and 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 pretty pretty funny. Right. And then of course the the real joke is we all know what the intended effect was for these scenes, and it is the exact opposite of this emotion that I'm suddenly feeling because of the of the recut and the music and things. And it's hilarious. It's great. Um, so, you know, in a similar way, this is a piece of art where I don't think that the writers intended for us to be looking at it through Lauren's point of view. I don't think. Um, yeah, I would say that they were probably writing this to to tell a story from, from Jack's point of view more than anything yeah. else. And while the writers may have wanted to tell a story about a child dealing with parents in addiction because it was coming from Jack's point of view, because it was coming from our hero's point of view – we just kept seeing it through the parents' eyes and a little less through the kids' eyes. So the so the tragedy um, became something that was a threat, not something that had happened. It was not a trauma that had already occurred and now you have to deal with it and the, and the sadness and the heartbreak that happens with once that has occurred, but rather a threat of something bad happening and then it doesn't happen. So the tensions are different. You know, the tension of a threat versus the tension of a heartbreak are just two very different things. And I think that the story works better with the tension of a heartbreak. Like, mm -hmm. let's go ahead and tell a story that's sad. 
because the story is sad. And then they wrap up two. It, it, it wraps up with two happy-go-lucky, and the fr- and the vi- the the, vi- the the viewpoint was kind of misplaced. I think so. On the whole, I still don't think that the story worked very well. However, with the new lens, I enjoyed the story so much more. Yeah, one of my general critiques of Stargate SG One, the SG, the Stargate franchise in general. Yeah. Um, this may be less true when we get to universe, but it's been so long since I've seen those episodes, I can't specify sure, for sure. Um, their, their goal, and this isn't a critique, it's just what they are, their goal is to be uh, kind of a lighthearted science fiction show. Yeah. That, that's its purpose, that's its, its, its mantra. Um, and then you get an episode like this that enters into the realm of some really heavy stuff. Yeah. And, and I appreciate that. And, and they do generally a pretty good job of, of entering into that. Um, but where, I, I don't know where this is coming from precisely, uh, but the writers tend to be a little bit afraid of letting it sit yeah. with, with the, the tension of, of angst or anguish yeah. Um, I mean, the story can be, you know, the story is finished, it's done, but, um, and, and they're not, they don't go generally to the point of, you know, a, a, you know, freeze frame of everybody laughing at the camera. Um, but, but there is that sense of, okay, we've had this heavy episode and now we got to bring it into kind of the lighthearted element of things, yeah. um, where I would love to see them have a little bit more guts and, when they're delving into these harder topics, um, let let the ending be uh, a little more ragged, yeah. than than covered in ice cream. Yep. Um, so way to bring a full circle. There you they go. Were, they were talking about ice cream. Um, we did have one comment on Facebook as I asked people to. Oh to yeah. Do this. Uh, and I think Jen commented. Uh, on this episode, and, and she's going to reflect some of the things that we've talked about here. She says, oh, the light is special. I remember disliking this one in particular, but a reader comment made me change my mind in a 180-degree turn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they were describing what growing up in a family that is struggling with addiction felt uh, close to what is depicted on the TV screen. This totally changed my outlook on the episode, and now I really feel for the younger boy who was just doing the best he could to survive after having experienced incredible fear and neglect. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't have anything more to add to that. Um, I don't think there's much more to, you know, I, I, at the risk though of adding more, uh, it's, it's okay to tackle tough topics. There was a lot of alliteration in there. Um, the, Zach, I think you hit it right, the, the nail right on the head. Um, you know, this is season four. This is January 2001. They clearly wanted the episode to end on a lighthearted note, so they made a quip about ice cream. Um, they thought it was a worthy enough story to make a show out of, uh, but they, I think you're exactly right. They were a little afraid to actually let the weight of it just sit mm-hmm. it, it, in the minds of the people who are watching it. And that might just be a function of, I think we've talked about this before too, about how like popular TV is not the same as like theater. It's not the same as film. 
right. cinema. Right. Yeah. It's not the same. Um, you know, there are plenty of wonderful examples of lighthearted theater and lighthearted film, uh, you know, like popcorn type situations. They're great. But so many more productions that are actually um, seeing time on stage, they go ahead and wrestle with some tough things and they mm-hmm. let it sit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it and 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 it's OK for TV to not try to be that. Generally, I I like it when it does, and I they think that you know in these days it's it's just it's just piled full of examples of them of of taking taking such emotions and just and that's a big part of how the TV story goes. But you know, two thousand two thousand one that that was not the, especially on like cable or broadcast. You know what I mean? Like right, right, yep. You know, like th- this was not this was not the norm. Like you you had to kind of be like, look, friends, <laughs> our people are just wanting to have a nice evening in front of the television. Quit. Quit beating him over the head with tough stuff, right? Yeah. And here's you and me going like, no, no, it's okay. Go ahead. Like, well, you know, it was interesting. Um, it was, I don't know, it was just a couple months ago, I finished up watching the U.S. version of Being Human, uh-huh. which aired in the late 2010, uh, uh, you know, somewhere in the 2010s. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't remember exactly uh, where it fell. It might have in the, the, the knots to begin. I don't remember. Sure. Uh, but... Uh, so that's just just a decade or so after this episode, right? Um, aired, and that that is an episode that certainly leans into the dark, the depressive, the 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 angsty stuff, right? Um, and, and so there is a shift in television toward that. You see a lot, and even Battlestar Galactica, uh, which is two thousand four, I think. Right. Uh, so it's just a little bit after this, and runs concurrently with some of the later seasons of SG One. Definitely reaches into that heaviness there. Um, uh, there, there is a leaning into that in the future that that's not quite there in two thousand one, right? Um, and I don't know for sure where I was going with that, but there it is. No, I mean, like um, it's it's just indicative of it's it's acknowledging that while you and I are frustrated that it didn't go there, right? That this episode didn't go there. Um, it's not unreasonable that it didn't go there, right? And I don't think it should be necessarily like the marks shouldn't high marks should not be held against it. Whatever. I'm, that's the wrong way to say it. We should not think poorly of it because it did what it needed to do. But on the other other hand, we don't have to like it. Right. Yeah. So, um, Brent. Yeah. Um, normally, I get your your new ratings before I tell you the old ratings. But I think that would be a little bit anticlimactic uh-huh. uh, for this one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when we first watched this in July of 2020, yeah, you and I both gave this two out of seven chevrons. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, and now we've had a chance to rewatch the episode. Yeah, uh, we've had a chance to rediscuss the episode in a new way. Um, where do you put it now? Yeah, um, I it's it's not quite a 180, but it's pretty darn close. I'm going to give this one a five out of seven. I think that the story still didn't quite do what it needed to do. You know, I just got done saying like, you know, hey, don't fault it for not going there. And I still say don't fault it for not going there. But like it, it, you, you could have cheated and had some lightheartedness, but still kind of thrown it from the point of view of Lauren. And I think it would have worked a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did wrap up really fast, like so fast. Maybe have that heartbreak moment at the beginning of Act Three, right? And then you know, like find a way to to get good. I don't know, like you know, like find 
find a way to emotionally recover from that versus like just turn the dang thing around like on a dime and then end the episode. Like it just felt abrupt. Yeah. And so, yeah, on the whole, I don't think it did a very good job with trying to communicate its story, but I did like the story a lot better this time. So for me, five out of seven. How about you? Yeah. Um, I agree with all that you said. Um, I think that is a spot on um, analysis of things. And so I'm trying to figure out what I want to give this episode again, uh, this mm-hmm. time around. Um, I mean, I noticed the, the, a lot of the, the good acting points before, uh, but I got lost in the story of, you know, I, I failed to, to recognize how to de- delve into the story before. Uh, I see that in a different way. It is a 180. Um, and I'm trying to think if, if this is worthy of, of, of a six and I don't think so. I don't think it's, it, it, it's a lot better than what I thought it was. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think I'm going to agree with you and go with that five. Yep. Uh, that that's where it sits. Um, it's, it's a solid, uh, it's a much more solid episode than I gave it credit for before. Um, I won't fault anybody for still feeling meh about it. Yeah. Um, and uh, there are certainly things that they could have done better, but there was a core there um, that that from a new perspective you see that, and and they actually address that in a way that is uh, fruitful. Yeah. So I agree. Five. Yep. All right. There you go. Well, uh, thank you very much for uh, listening to this. Thank you very yeah. much for supporting the podcast in whatever way you do, whether it's just listening, whether it is throwing shekels our way, whatever it is. Yep. Uh, if you have any questions or comments to us, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. You can, of course, go to the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and group and, and yep. have conversations there. Or, of course, the discords. Yes. Um, and if that's you don't have, that's the, that's the place where m- much uh, community happens. And uh, if you need a link to that, go to our website, wtts.space. Space! Um, and with that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Stargate Second Chances, a walking through the Stargate podcast. See you next time. Bye. Oh, it's me. I go first. You go first. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Welcome to... It's been a while since we've done this. It's okay. It is. It is. I just get so used to that. Be like, I go to eight, and then I wait, and then you talk. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, right. Oh, wait, that's no, how it no, goes. No, it's me. <laughs> <laughs>